Shalom. This is your brother Shalah. And I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm 50 years old. I'm a so-called Negro. But my true lineage and heritage is a Hebrew Israelite from the tribe of Judah. So I want to say all praises, glory and honor to Yahweh, who the world calls God. In the name of his only begotten son, Yahweh Shai, who the world ignorantly calls Jesus Christ. I would like to go into my testimony of being a uh, targeted individual. This started for me around 2006, 2007, overtly. I knew there was, I knew it was some strange things going on. Uh, with my business, I had a, um, a internet radio show that I wanted to start. And so I had a storefront, you know, I had a, uh, office space that I had rented in, uh, Midtown Kansas City on 63rd Street. And, um, you know, being a, a so-called black entrepreneur, I know Throughout history, we have uh, dealt with sabotage. We have dealt with so many things when it comes to anything that we put our hands to. There's always some sabotage and some uh, some real shady things that happen to try to stop us from going into our purpose. You know, we're very spiritual and talented and forgiving people. And we're not like anybody else. I mean, when it comes to our history, we've been through so much and no other nationality could go through the things that we went through and that we're going through. So in Kansas City, Missouri, you know, uh, the state of Missouri was actually the last state to be freed, you know, during the uh, Civil War. Matter of fact, the war started before in Kansas and Missouri. You had what they call the Kansas and Missouri border war. So before the Civil War even kicked off, you had skirmishes and all kind of stuff going on in, you know, the state of Missouri. So there's a history of uh, racism in uh, in Missouri, specifically Kansas City, and just like any other, you know, Midwest state or even state in uh, the South or even the East or West Coast. I mean, America itself is uh, is just a hotbed for racism. It's always been that way since we were brought over here on the holes of cargo slave ships. So my understanding of who, you know, my nationality is according to the Holy Bible that started around 2008, you know, roughly about, I would say between 2007 and 2009, my memory is a bit cloudy because of some of the, uh, the texts that I had to endure, but nonetheless, that's where my spiritual awakening fully came to fruition. As I understood based off the history who we were. So this was one of my main um, inspirations for starting the inter internet radio show. 
I wanted to go into biblical history. I wanted to go into what will be considered conspiracy theories and even the unknown. The Bible go into things that are easily explained, you know, when it comes to so-called UFOs, uh, strange creatures, you know, like Bigfoot, Mothman, all of these, you know, uh, beasts that are mysterious. The Bible explains those things. There's a lot of stuff that's, that goes on throughout this earth that we're not, you know, fully uh, aware of. But for, for what we do know so far as the, the explanation, there's a lot of uh, things that could be explained, which is in the Bible. So I did like, you know, all businesses, you know, you get your business license, you, um, you know, tax ID and all of that. And actually, I had a, uh, a nonprofit that I started prior to that, but that went into this business and, um, you know, wanting to provide education and history. And, um, and so I, you know, pursued to, uh, to get this business up and running. And one of the things I noticed, you know, in the beginning stages of, uh, putting my business together, you know, like I said, I got the building, uh, office space and, was getting the equipment and computers and stuff like that, you know, and I was using my own money that I was working and, and, um, and doing my best to, uh, to create a, uh, a productive office environment. But I noticed that when it came to setting up what I really needed to get this business off the ground was my internet. and. I had um, signed up for Time Warner and within the whole year, I could never get internet service. They, they was telling me that I couldn't, um, you know, you know, basically get my system or my service up and running because of they needed to rewire the, uh, the network and what they needed to do was dig up some ground uh, about a block away in order to run the cable through. But it was a brother who had a business. He worked on computers and uh, he had Time Warner and he said he had no problem with uh, his internet service and he was a longtime customer. But when it came to me, they needed to do something different. And, you know, I basically asked, you know, asked the brother, you know, what kind of internet that he had, you know, like, was it something different or new that they were trying to do? And he said, no, uh, he said, this is just basically the, the internet that, um, that they have running through, you know, that area. So I didn't, I didn't understand why, when it came to my business and what I needed to set up, you know, to get my radio station, you know, uh, on air, uh, they just made excuses and that, that went on for a whole year, you know, and prior to, uh, 
you know, that whole year I, I used uh, like wireless internet, you know, you had a Virgin Mobile that had like a wireless card. So that was my way of getting internet. But as you know, with those wireless cards, they're not very, um, you know, the reception is not very good. So sometimes um, you could be in the middle of a broadcast and then it it would just drop. So I had to deal with that. And eventually um, it just, it never worked out, you know, and about time when I did premiere and I was using, um, cause it took me a whole year, you know, to really uh, kind of officially do it right. Took me a whole year, waited on the internet. And I do remember the very day that I was going to, try to um you know make an official you know like uh uh how should i say uh make i wanted to make it a like a, like an official uh event you know that i would just be on air i had the uh internet car going and right after i did that broadcast tom warner showed up with a repairman so that was the beginning of like the strange things that happened. And after that, um, it just became more and more obvious that what I was dealing with was dealing with wasn't something that was a uh, normal or ordinary. I noticed that when I would drive, you know, from the office or whenever I would go speak as us brothers, uh, are commanded by the Lord, commanded by the Lord to prophesy out on the street corners. You may even seen Hebrew brothers out on the streets in various cities. And we're, you know, reading out the Bible. Sometimes we might get loud. Sometimes it might be situations where people might get agitated, but nonetheless, uh, the Lord commanded us to go out there and speak to his people and so people in my city know me but i don't know them you know that's the point you know we're out there prophesying so people see us all the time and we we at this point uh really don't know who's watching us you know for the most part so I started noticing when I was driving, you know, people driving next to me, driving fast, uh, darting in front of me without signaling, then braking, you know, putting their brakes on, you know, where I had to stop or slow down. And I started noticing that more and more, you know, every time I would drive, I would start seeing the same vehicle. It was it was a uh, Kia Kia Soul, which was like a um, a greenish color, like a light green color. Every every time I would go somewhere, it became more and more frequent. I would see this uh, Kia Soul. You know, it's like a SUV, small small little SUV. So if I go to Walmart, I would see see it there. And then when I'm driving, I would see, you know, it was just like, it was something that I started to notice more and more. 
you know, and of course, yeah, you have vehicles that people, you know, you're in a, in a, in a city. So of course you're going to see the same vehicle, but the frequency of seeing these vehicles. And I noticed a few times that it was the same license plate. So that's, that's what made me connect that this is not normal, you know, seeing these uh, vehicles following me and then they were driving a certain way. So during this time, um, I started, you know, struggling with my business. The internet radio show didn't work out. And me trying to stay in business, I started, you know, you know, trying to uh, keep, you know, keep my business going. So then it went from the internet radio show to just me uh, doing voiceovers. You know, I would do commercials for people. And then I had like a, uh, like a newsletter and I did like advertising. And so it was like more so I was uh, getting into another aspect of, of, of internet radio, you know, which is basically promoting businesses and stuff like that. So I started doing that and I had a little, uh, little bit of success with it. Not a lot to really keep the ship going because I had to, you know, pay my rent and then pay the internet. So a lot of that just came out of my pocket. So after that, I started, um, selling stuff on eBay, you know, like music equipment. And then I went into selling clothes and you know, I like selling like men's clothing, you know, like suit jackets and shoes and ties and stuff like that. And eventually I just, I had to shut down shop, I had to close my business. And all while, uh, the, uh, the vehicle, harassment was picking up and also during this time i started having a lot of issues with my electronics a lot of my cameras you know h8 well it, this was before hd this was mini dv so it, mini dv is like those little cassettes and you could get like real good quality you know uh, using those kind of cameras, you know, mini DV. So I used to shoot with Canon and, um, and, uh, you know, other, you know, brands, but mainly it was uh, Canon. So I started noticing that my equipment started to just all of a sudden mysteriously stop working. My cell phone started to do, do the same thing. Like my, my uh, cell phones would just stop working or, the screens would just do something real weird, like where it would just glitch. And it would have like all of these little spots that came out of nowhere. And, and I'm just thinking, you know, maybe, you know, somebody is um, surveilling me. I started to pick up on it early on because I started searching the Internet and I heard the term electronic harassment. So I understood and, and, you know, knew the history of America, especially when it comes to the agencies, you know, like the FBI, the CIA and all of those other, you know, um, law enforcement or even, you know, uh, what they call um, um, 
can't think of the name of it, but uh, uh, intelligence intelligence agencies. Through history, I knew that they use, you know, like surveillance, counter surveillance, you know, like COINTELPRO. COINTELPRO was in the 60s where civil rights leaders were um, harassed, stalked. Their movements were sabotaged like the Black Panthers and even um, our leaders were assassinated. There was a orchestrated uh, plan to eliminate them and that's history i mean that's it's a fact i mean you can just research that so COINTELPRO pro never ended so i understood that that was you know a possibility because i was having all of these electronics break and you <clears throat> know and, um, and just nothing seemed to go right everything that i tried to uh, do you know in regards to business and and uh and just you know with my electric electronic uh electronic equipment my computers everything just started to just like have glitches in it so started researching again the term electronic harassment and about that time i was convinced that i was being electronically harassed so during this time, you know, again, was around uh, 2017 is where the uh, targeting became overt. They were doing it way before I, I noticed, you know, a lot of people that are targeted individuals and even whistleblowers will say that before they actually start targeting people, they will study you. You know, it, it, it could take anywhere from a couple years or even longer depending on how um high you're up you know so far as targeting people that are again whistleblowers and people that are inventors that can really change things in the world those are like your you know targets that that they really want to silence you know so you know for the rest of us you know, that are aren't inventors, but might be outspoken, you know, because I would consider myself outspoken, but uh, I'm not, um, I'm just, you know, a brother who, who came into the understanding and want to uh, share that with my people, you know, and, you know, go into the history and let them know that the system is satanic. So, of course, I'm going to make enemies. And especially when I speak on biblical prophecy of end times where there's a judgment for all the horrible things that this country have done to the so-called Negroes. Uh, a lot of people that are, um, you know, running things uh, or, you know, watching things, they're not going to take what we're saying as something good you know and all we're doing is reading out the bible so uh, at the same time i understood and know that what we speak about could put us on the radar and it has put us on the radar but nonetheless you have people out there that aren't activists that are not uh whistleblowers they're just you know citizens you know that might have worked 30 years and then retired 
and then all of a sudden they're being harassed and stalked and and a directed energy weapons aimed at them, which I'm gonna go into uh, in a little while. So the overt targeting again started at 2017. The vehicular harassment really let me know that uh, that was some strange stuff going on. People that only that I that I don't even know. I'm driving, and all of a sudden they're driving around me aggressive. I'm driving, you know, I get off on the, uh, you know, off the highway and then I'm exiting about to go to my destination. And, you know, it's vehicles that are dart in front of me without signaling. I remember this one situation where I was on my way home, same route, you know, on I-70. And then I got off on the uh, exit and it was like a um, Corvette. And it was a white guy that was uh, in it and it was a drop top convertible. And uh, he hops in one lane without signaling. So what I did was I went into the other lane because I, I already kind of knew that, uh, you know, just based how off how he was driving that um, that I just wanted to try to avoid any kind of accident. So. When I, you know, when I went from one lane to another, he did the same thing. After he had went from one lane, then he went over to the other lane where I was at, and then he slammed his brake, slammed his brake, and I had to stop. You know, so those were the the things that was going on just constantly. I would go to Walmart, and I remember one time I went in. Um, well, actually, before I went in, I was uh, I parked my vehicle and I just sat there. So it was this white guy. He had his um, cart and he's just like staring at me like he's just like grilling me. And I'm looking right back at him. And then he takes his cart and just slams it. Um, and, uh, you know, like in where all the other carts are. So anyways. um this vehicle, um, for the most part, when I was driving, after I, you know, got through, I'm driving and I noticed it was doing the same thing like these other cars, just driving, just real weird, darting from one lane to another. And so I'm going in the same direction as him. And he, um, he slowed down. And it was it was like almost like in the middle of the street. He slowed down. And then I just kind of drove right past him and I kind of slowed down too. got a look, a, a good look at him. And then I drove off. So you got like all of these like passive aggressive situations like over and over and over again. And so I knew that uh you know i pissed somebody off you know so after you know it came obvious that my electronics you know my electronic equipment was being destroyed my job or not my job but my uh, business that i had 
was totally sabotaged. Um, then I started having um, health issues. So still around 2017, I was, um, you know, still, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, my, um, my passion, you know, was music. You know, I played music for many years. I used to play uh, blues, jazz, funk, soul, R&B. Uh, I was 13 years old playing in nightclubs. And me and my brother, uh, you know, we we uh, were in bands together. You know, he played, uh, was it guitar? And then I played like bass guitar and then I played keyboard. And uh, so we were we were gigging all around Kansas City, Missouri and Kansas. And, you know, we were these young kids, you know, playing in uh, nightclubs, you know, around adults. So growing up, you know, we learned, you know, different musical styles. And then I ended up going to college and I studied piano and voice and um i was in you know like the choir and um and then afterwards you know i went to new york and you know uh worked for a record company and all of that but i had already after that that was er actually earlier than i ended up coming back to kansas city so i would always have music to fall back on if i needed to <laughs> make money you know i could gig or i could do lessons so during that time, I was doing lessons, you know, after all my businesses had failed, I was still, you know, uh, you know, teaching, uh, you know, people uh, bass guitar, uh, guitar and then ukulele. So. I remember I had just left a lesson. This was uh, in a town over a few towns over from where I live. So. What ended up happening was I ended up um, leaving that lesson and I started to feel like like some pain like in my body. Like first it was went from like my my right chest and then it started going over to my left chest. So I started having all these weird sensations. And I ended up um, calling my wife and I was on my way actually to a music performance, but I didn't get that much sleep. And I knew that I, wouldn't, I wasn't able to um, meet that obligation because on my, on my way back home, um, I was feeling real sick. So I ended up driving to the hospital and it was, it was um, it's kind of hard uh, talking about this now because so much has happened. I mean, like you unpack all of this stuff, these, these people that are doing this, cause all of this is orchestrated. If anybody ever heard about the targeted individual program, this is not like some, you know, for the most part, uh, conspiracy theory or, or mental illness. No, these people that are targeting us, 
uh, know that if we're left alone, you know, we can actually, uh, per, um, how should I say, we could uh, be a benefit to society. We could actually do things that would help people. But in this world, they don't want that. They don't they don't want people to 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 help people and do the right thing and and do th things that will help our people. So this targeting stuff it is a real thing. So anyways, I had uh, I had experienced that pain. I went to the hospital. And. All of a sudden, like my body was just like shaking, like I was shaking uncontrollably. I had like these spasms. Um, and about time, you know, when I w was uh, placed in a hospital room, it got worse. I was convulsion. You know, I was having convulsions and I was sweating. I never sweat like that before. I was just like pouring, like sweat was just pouring all over me. Like I just... It, it felt like I was being shocked or electrocuted. So I had, um, you know, called my wife and I explained to her that I was in the hospital and, and then I'm having all of these, um, spasms and stuff like that. So they kept me there for a few days. And what they determined was I had peri pericarditis was which is inflammation of the heart sac. So, I mean, I was like, you know, like it just really just like, like threw me for a loop because, you know, I have high blood pressure. I had like issues with high blood pressure and, and that was pretty much it at the time, but I never had any serious, um, situations like you know inflammation of the heart sack and from what i'm hearing that's a you know of course anywhere near your heart is dangerous but nonetheless you know it was a very serious uh condition so i was you know i, I was um in the hospital for about three days and you know it was just like that pain went from uh you know from right to left to like this pain right in the middle of my chest. It was just like a dull ache. You know, it felt like somebody had their fist on my chest. It is a very uncomfortable feeling. So I had that for about, you know, I had that um, all while I was at the hospital. So when I went home, it's, it felt the same and never got better. And they put me on some pills. So like, a day after I was discharged from the hospital, I was taking my pills. One, mom one morning I woke up and my whole left side was numb. My arm was numb and then my face was numb. The left side of my face was numb. So I thought I was having a stroke. So I ended up going to the hospital. You know, I drove myself there. Um, and they had asked me if I needed to, you know, like, cause I called like the, uh, I believe I called the, uh, call 911 or whatever like that. But nonetheless, um, I drove myself there and 
they ran tests on me and everything. They determined that it was nothing wrong with my heart. They did an EKG. And after, uh, you know, the doctor came in, he said that I had a TIA, which was a mini stroke. So this is like a few days after, you know, I had this pericarditis. So they kept me there for a day or two. And they were they wanted to prescribe me a uh, I think it was like a cholesterol pill or something. I was like, I don't want to take no cholesterol pill because I was I was at that point. I was very apprehensive about all the medications, you know, because I know they have side effects. And I had just recently uh, was successfully able to get off of uh, anti anxiety, antidepressant medication that I was on for 20 years. And at the time when I lived up in New York, I was having panic attacks. You know, you know, a young uh, black man from the Midwest, from Kansas City, Missouri, moving up to New York, you know, in the early 90s. You know, of course, that would be a stressful situation. So, you know, I was carrying around a lot of uh, anxiety and it just caught up to me. So. I had no idea that the medications that they, or the medication, because I was taking Paxil Paroxetine, the medication that they had uh, prescribed me, I had no idea that it was addictive. And I, I don't mean addictive in a way where people like abuse, like prescription drugs. I'm talking about where you're not getting no benefit out of it other than if you want to stop taking it, your body is going to react. So I just, you know, was able to successfully wean off that medication after being on it 20 years. So when this doctor prescribed other, you know, like more pills, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. So anyways, uh, after being released day or two later, I started having these spasms in my stomach, had to go back to the hospital. And they said I had GERD, which is like a gastro gastrointestinal, you know, disorder. And I had um, gastritis prior to that years ago. So all of this was within a week, a little over a week in and out of the hospital. So after that. You know, I, I just knew something wasn't right. I'm like, what, what are all of these issues that I'm having? And I don't know. I don't know exactly um, what time later after that first initial phase of having to go to the hospital. But I remember one morning I woke up and I felt deathly ill. I felt like I was poisoned. That's the only way I can describe it. It felt like that I was uh, I was on death's door. I was so in in my mind, I was so close to death that death would have been a relief uh, with the pain that I was going through. And I, I mean, like I can honestly say that I felt like I was poisoned. Somebody 
put something in my food or my drink. And, um, and after that, I knew that these people were coming against me. And I had already, already got hit to a little bit after that time that they had technology that could make you feel ill, make you feel sick. They using, uh, radiation, using director energy weapons. And little did I know that that's what they was doing all along because although at the time with the, uh, the vehicular harassment and my business being sabotaged, they was hitting me with those weapons. It was just, it wasn't often because, uh, during that time period, you know, me being a musician, uh, I was, uh, playing with a reggae band and we were gigging all over Kansas city, you know, playing in Jamaican restaurants and playing at, uh, clubs and, you know, like down in uh, the city, midtown Kansas city. When I was on stage, I, you know, I played rhythm guitar and I could feel something burning my stomach. Like, like it, it felt like, I don't know what it was. It just like, it just felt like, I felt like heat, like my skin was burning. So I just thought, you know, like, you know, spiritually I'm thinking, you know, like I'm, I'm not doing as the Lord commanded, you know, and I was, um, me being a Hebrew and we have a very strict, um, way of just like our lives, you know, and I don't mean strict. I don't mean like in a way that is a bad thing. I mean, like it would be strict in this society, but it's actually, it keeps us in line, you know what I'm saying? Like the dietary laws, you know, no eating shrimp, crab, lobster, pork, all of these things are beneficial to us because all of those foods aren't healthy, you know, uh, just, a, you know, we have a, um, you know, according to the law, statutes and commandments, you know, the, we, we have to stay on the straight and narrow. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going off, I'm, you know, like, cause I'm playing with this band and, you know, and no disrespect to brothers out there or, or sisters out there that are into reggae music. I like reggae music, but nonetheless, uh, you know, the whole Haile Selassie, um, and, you know, the, the religious aspect of it, it goes against what, what we believe, you know, we believe in the heavenly father. We believe in the Messiah. Uh, and the band was cool, but then when we, uh, were gigging, you know, they, they, you know, the brother had the flag. So all of this is in my head. I'm like, you know, you know, I'm going off, you know, Lord is, um, you know, basically correcting me for, you know, gigging in this band. And I like, you know, I like the band, you know, it was a cool experience. I always wanted to play in a reggae band, but nonetheless, you know, um, when it comes to other gods, we, we can't do it. We, you know, it's just not, we, we, we don't want to do that kind of stuff. So all the while, you know, I'm thinking, dang, you know, this is not good. You know, and I'm thinking that these, these pains is because, you know, you know, it's like the Lord is doing something to my body, but nonetheless, you know, it was, uh, directed energy weapons. 
it was it was you know attacks on my body that I didn't you know I I couldn't compre comprehend it because how could these people be doing something like this you know like I'm nowhere near uh, any like equipment or anything that you know like they got those um, tanks they call it the active denial system they use it for crowd control so these weapons are used uh you know during protests so during the time of uh, Mike Brown and Tam uh, not Tamir Rice uh, the the uh, the most um um uh, what's the word I need to use on the word is right the 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 protest that brought the most attention like um George Floyd and and uh Mike Brown they deployed those out in in the communities like in St. Louis and even I believe in um in Minnesota. So those weapons, you know, they're real, but here it is. How can you know these people attack people and, and there's none of that around. So all while this is happening, I'm trying to, you know, figure out, you know, through research, like who who is doing this and what kind of weapons are these? And, and I started going to TI or targeted individual uh, websites, you know, forums groups and even like they would have the call in shows so it was a, a popular show you know from the ti community by a lady by the name of ella free and uh she had like a, a weekly you know like call in show and then she would post it up on uh, on youtube so I would listen in and I would, uh, you know, listen to the callers, you know, people that would call in and ask questions and even the people that she interviewed. And that's how I started realizing like, like this thing is real. Like, like it's a, a system that they got in place to target people, targeted individuals, like, like I've heard of electronic harassment, but I never heard of like targeted individuals like during that time period. So I, I learned about directed energy weapons and and then I learned the term uh, gang stalking. I just, you know, knew that these people were following me around. But then, you know, I'm like gang stalking. I mean, it's like like when you hear the word, you know, gang stalking, it. it just sounds like like just street level type stuff but no gang stalking is basically cointel pro it is community harassment it's a network of people that are working together and they're using psychological warfare tactics or psychological operations on one person or persons to go against them and they use everything in society like society have been weaponized. They use any and everything to bring forth uh, harassment, you know, harassment tactics. That's what the vehicular harassment was about. 
during that time period, I started noticing vehicles with one headlight. And yeah, you might think, okay, people have headlights that burn out. Yeah, that's true. But nonetheless, if you see up to 10, 11 vehicles with one headlight out within three hours, you know that's not normal. For brothers and sisters out there that are not targeted, you know if you saw 10, 11 vehicles with one headlight out, you would know that that's not, that's not something that you see ordinarily. And those are the things that I would see. I would see even semi trucks with one headlight out. I would see um, city vehicles with one headlight out. And also notice that a lot of sheriffs will follow me, you know, police officers or sheriffs, you know, in their, you know, squad cars. I noticed that I would be followed around by cops. And then when I would go to grocery stores like Walmart or um, Price Chopper, it's a store here in Kansas City called Price Chopper, I would see these people that uh, would be on their cell phones when I would show up. You know, I would park. And these people would be parked right next to me, like, and they would just be looking in their phones. They would have their head buried in their phones. If I go to the grocery store, I would go in and I'm uh, shopping. And then I noticed that people would uh, take their carts and try to box me in. Or they would, they would use what's known as indirect speech. They would say things about me that I had in conversation with other people that happened to me uh, when I was uh, at my uh, son's soccer practice. And during that time, you know, when I was having all those health issues, I was in the herbs, you know, I was getting back into the herbs and trying to heal my body with the medicines of the earth as written in the Bible, you know, Bible going to herbs and how the Lord gives us herbs for the service of man. So I'm using biblical principles to try to heal my body. And while I was at that soccer practice, it was this, uh, this man and his wife, you know, this, they were white and he had said something that really just like, that let me know that these people were listening to our conversations. I was taking, um, or I was about to take a herb, but I was concerned about the side effects, you know, that would affect the kidney. So, or the kidney. So he had made a, he had made a comment. He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, my uncle, he wants to take a herb but he's concerned about his kidneys. And it was just the timing, like how he, how he said it. And then the time frame of when I was, you know, researching and inquiring about uh, this particular herb that could affect the kidneys. So while he made that comment, I'm kind of looking at him 
and then his wife is looking at him and she's she's looking in a way like almost like what I got out of it was like like she she really didn't want to participate in what was going on because I know these people uh that are involved in community harassment uh a lot of times they're in these freemasonic uh, organizations and chapters some people are coerced you know like basically blackmailed but for the most part i see a lot of people that's in it that that just really wicked they i mean it's like they take pleasure it's a joke it's like a video game or something because they're tracking us that's how these people are able to go from store to store following us because i'm thinking how the hell is these how are these people like showing up where you know like because at this point i'm i know it's more than one person that's dealing with it so i'm thinking how the hell are they able to follow us like this what kind of equipment are they using because one thing i'm noticing they're always on their cell phones so like if i go to the like it says i go to the grocery store um they're there if i walk in they're just standing there they got their cell phones they're looking down and then like if i go to the gas station they're parked in the stall and all while I'm pumping gas, they staring at their phone and I get my gas and they, they haven't even pumped, you know, they haven't, you know, they haven't pumped their gas and nothing. They just there. And it became obvious that we were somehow either implanted with something or they had, um, tracking devices on our vehicles you know and um and then i'm thinking like damn you know these people are able to look in my house because the conversations that i'm having and i'm having like conversations with my family and then they're going out and repeating the same thing or similar even stuff that i said in the past then i'm thinking yeah these these people got some some equipment that they got our houses bugged you know they got my house bugged so i wanted to um go into i'm trying to think because i wanted to mention um hmm, trying to think it, it was on my mind but it's slip it slipped so lord's will um you know, I, I can remember it, you know, as I go into this, uh, this subject that's very, very complex, you know, and I thank the brother Lance Kerr for inviting me back because, you know, I actually reached out to him and he, you know, he, you know, invited me back because um, the first time I was dealing with this and at the beginning of it, you know, it was, you know, it's like a sensory overload. So I can remember going into this very topic and, you know, I can honestly say that, you know, it has to be broken down, like in a way, like, you know, that 
you brothers and sisters out there are going to be able to digest because they created this program to make it seem like that whoever's dealing with this is mentally ill. And that's why a lot of people um, won't go into it. That's like even with the brother Lance Skurve say that a lot of people uh, that go into this very topic, they're, they're just afraid because they don't want to be labeled as crazy. But I know what I'm saying is the truth. The God's honest truth. And I have receipts. You know, I'm placed on a terrorist watch list. You know, my uh, slave name is Michael Ellis. And I'm 50 years old. So I looked up my name and found out that I was placed on a terrorist watch list. And for the record, I am not a terrorist. I'm not associated with terrorism, but the U.S. government, which is the FBI, the CIA, DOJ, and even Interpol have labeled me a domestic terrorist or associated with uh, terrorism, which is false accusations. It's not true. So being that, um, you know, I'm placed on this list, you know, it shows intent where these people would come after me, you know, although they don't have any proof because I'm not a terrorist, you know, all while I'm being uh, falsely accused of this, I've been able to work, you know, throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the years, I worked in food service, you know, I worked in a hotel, washed dishes, and uh, I worked at a, a golf course, you know, indoor, outdoor golf course, which had a restaurant. So I washed dishes there. And all within that time, working these jobs, I'm being harassed. I'm being stalked. I'm being what's known as workplace mobbing. That's another aspect when it comes to a person who is a targeted individual. They're going to use directed energy weapons, which is to torture you. And it's nonstop. It's 24, uh, seven, 24 hours, seven days a week that will cause a series of health issues. Throughout the years, I've had some serious health issues behind being hit with these weapons that, you know, pretty much uh, harm the body is radiation. And with all the, you know, conditions that I've had, you know, with the pericarditis and the GERD and, and the TIA, which I found out that uh, from my doctor's office, my general uh, physician, I heard that I didn't have a TIA. So it's just like a whole bunch of stuff uh, going on that I can't really uh, figure out because one thing about this program is they keep persons that are targeted um, guessing that's a part of the psychological warfare tactic. You don't know why you're being followed, harassed, and tortured. You know, it's no uh, person or persons or police or anything like there are even agents that come up to your house and tell you that you're being placed on a terrorist watch list and, you know, we're going to torture you with directed energy weapons. All of this is covert. 
you know, and, and I would have to go <laughs> into a whole nother topic when it comes to the aspect of them using this program to entrap people. But I want to, you know, just focus on, you know, uh, telling my, you know, my uh, testimony on what I went through. And if it be the Lord's will, um, I can't go into that very topic because I, I, I definitely want to uh, let you brothers and sisters know that be careful because these people, they're throwing anybody on a watch list. You might not agree with uh, my beliefs, you know, as Hebrew Israelites, um, you know, we get at times pushback, you know, from people in our own community uh, because of our beliefs. But, you know, our intentions are pure. We want we want our people to repent and we want nothing but the best for our people. We want our people to continue to thrive and uh, be better. Uh, brothers and sisters out there uh, to each other and to your families, you know, uh, because we're, we're reading out of the word of Yahweh. And we know that once we come back into that understanding, that's what these people are really afraid of because you might think that that book is written by a white man, but no, it wasn't written by a white man. You might think it's like Egyptian mythology. No, it's not. This book was written thousands of years ago, even though it's a young culture. It was written thousands of years ago, inspired by God, by black people. So, yeah, you know, brothers like myself are going to be targeted. But what about brothers and sisters out there that aren't in the politics or religion? You know, you can have a disagreement with someone and they can throw you on the list. That's how simple it is. All it takes is two people to nominate you and throw you on a watch list. You don't have to, you know, be involved in any kind of politics, religion. You don't you don't have to uh, protest about anything. You don't have to be an environmentalist. You don't have to complain about police brutality. All it takes is you run across one of these people that have connections, these surveillance role players, that's who the gang stalkers are. They're surveillance role players. These are the people that are hired by private contractors and the private contractors have been given grants by the government. And it's through their defense spending, those defense spending budgets and even their black budgets, money that you uh, don't even know about and will never know about. They have an endless supply because these are the um, these are the way that they fund these projects where they can target people and put people on lists, but also they. Uh, or experimenting on people. That's another aspect of the targeted individual program. So you got people that's making money, um, whether it be a lot of these hospitals, these uh, institutions, these uh, businesses and stuff like that, 
private contractors that have inventors. They're all sharing this data on using neurotechnology. You can look online and you can research Dr. James Giordano and they'll flat out tell you the technology that they got that they can target people. They can use directed energy weapons coming from satellites. That same uh, defense uh, system was called Star Wars defense system back in the 80s. Well, they found out that not only they can use it against uh, missiles or any kind of uh, uh, imminent threat, you know, from an uh, adversarial nation, but they also found out that they can use it against people. So these weapons um, are covert. You know, how can you prove that you're being tortured with directed energy weapons if you can't see the weapons? All those different, um, they call them cell towers, but they have uh, what's known as Gwen Towers. These were towers that, that were built after the Cold War. And they were, you know, supposed to have been used for in the time of, of a nuclear threat. And those weapons, uh, you know, during that time uh, were nuclear, you know, during that Cold War, you know, the whole, uh, what's that, the Cuban Missile Crisis, where Cuba, uh, the uh, country of Cuba had Russian missiles, and they were aimed at the U.S. So during that Cold War time, they set up those uh, towers, wind towers all over the country. So with those towers now, uh, they can use them against citizens the same way that they used during the time of, the, you know, the Star Wars defense system during the uh, uh, time of Reagan, his administration. So these weapons, um, they burn the body and they, they can... Um, really wreak havoc on the central nervous system. These weapons are uh, being deployed worldwide, actually, but they're here in America and a lot of stuff that's happening, um, all these different events, they're not always just regular events. You know, a lot of these situations are staged, you know, what you call false flags, false flag events. And it's orchestrated because they want to break down society. They want to collapse society. A lot of these are uh, so-called mass shootings, like uh, specifically uh, Aaron Alexis. He was a, uh, you know, a so-called Negro man that had a, a top security clearance. And they was using those weapons against him. And, you know, unfortunately, um, he um, couldn't, you know, handle the torture and he became coronal. And that's what you have the whole Navy Yard shooter. He had wrote on his gun, my ELF weapon, which stands for electromatic low frequency weapon. And he was complaining and reached out to the police and other people 
to tell that he was being tortured. You know, he was hit with weapons and he was, I believe he was hearing voices. They have technology that can make people hear voices, which is known as V2K or voice to skull. They have U.S. patents on it. This technology is real, uh, but yet the system is set up to basically make these people patsies. So he was complaining about what was happening. And again, he unfortunately went, um, you know, on a spree. You know, he was carnal. And we always tell our brothers and sisters out there, if you are dealing with being hit with directed energy weapons and these people are trying to provoke you because the stalking and harassment is meant to provoke you. But we tell our brothers and sisters out there, don't react because that's what they want. In a minute, a person do react. They already got it set up where they're going to blame the person who's actually being victimized. That's the satanic thing about this targeted individual program. People are being victimized. And then all of a sudden, when they're at the end of, you know, their, um, their existence on this earth, then after death, they're blamed for something that was orchestrated against them. And that's why, you know, it's very important that this, uh, that this very topic is brought out and it needs to be, uh, share you know you have to share this with your brothers and sisters your family members your your um neighbors you know that that will receive what you're saying because yeah you got a small population of people that's being targeted but they want to use this technology on everybody there's a book or a document is called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. You have a lady by the name of um, Deborah Tavares. She go into this very topic of how the powers that be, you know, you can call them the Illuminati, secret societies, you know, and the Bible call them the secret council of the wicked. These people are planning on using this technology to silence people. You know, get rid of their adversaries or people that don't fit in with the New World Order agenda. So it is a conspiracy. The word conspiracy, all it means is to conspire. So these people are conspiring, you know, and they definitely are conspiring against the so-called Negroes who are from the tribe of Judah. And we've always had sabotage, you know, in our communities going back to you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. What is it? Um, uh, what's that? Rosewood and the countless other towns that were sabotaged, destroyed, you know, even uh, flooded. As more and more information is coming out about a lot of towns that were purposely flooded to bring in highways or just literally destroy the infrastructure so black folks could never have uh you know a even chance you know to uh to thrive in this society and we can see now that 
they're working overtime to keep us in a permanent underclass. So I wanted to just, um, you know, in this, um, this broad, you know, broadcast interview. And I just, you know, thank the brother, uh, Lance Scar for giving me the opportunity to speak, you know, to you brothers and sisters out there about what's happening. I did, uh, work on a documentary or I was, you know, in the process of working on a documentary called beast dystopia. And just like uh, I've been explaining about the sabotage, the documentary uh, was sabotaged. I actually completed the first episode because I was uh, told by one of the uh, companies that I wanted to pitch this uh, documentary to. And they suggested that I do like a docu-series. So I was already having, you know, issues with this computer, you know, that I just recently purchased. And I thought I would be able to at least get the documentary down to about 30 minutes. Originally, it was set for two hours, but I followed the advice and I was just going to do an hour. But then I saw that the memory on the uh, computer was uh was starting to become full so i wasn't able to finalize it so i did get it down to about 30 minutes and the same thing happened where i can't um unlock whatever's going on with this computer i can't finalize it so right now the only thing uh that's up is the trailer so the trailer is beast dystopia and that's on youtube and um i've gotten a real good um response for people out there that's targeted that's you know that's enduring this persecution and this you know this affliction and uh if I'm able to do it, it would really tell the story. It would go into how they're using this technology to to entrap people and to make them patsies, you know, make them, um, you know, brought out um, in a light where they're the ones that's blamed when in reality it's these people that's manipulating the situation and using harassment and torture stalking to provoke people to anger it's again it's all entrapment and the documentary was going into uh you know the trailer was going into the the um account of aaron alexis and at the same time dr james giordano telling you know his uh, audience you know he was you know, speaking at a lecture, speaking on what they can do, how they could drive people to do things that they wouldn't normally do. So, again, that's Beast Dystopias on YouTube. Um, also have a um, a platform on Anchor.com. And I speak about, you know, the various uh, plights of our people. It's called Hebrew Israelite Biblical News. And I speak often about 
you know, the targeted individual program. And I do my best to try to uh, interact, uh, you know, online with with uh, other people that are targeted, but just like any any uh, organization or any situation on the internet, you're going to have uh, agents out there. And I noticed like on um, Facebook, there's a lot of agents, there's a lot of provocateurs, a lot of people that's online trying to set up targeted individuals. And it's just really, really wicked what's happening, you know. So I tell my, you know, tell my uh, close family, you know, a circle and everything like that, just so much information because they want us just perseverating over what's happening instead of building, instead of being better, you know, people, you know, being better uh, or the best version of ourselves. So I take this opportunity, you know, although, uh, you know, the odds are stacked up against us, but I'm not defeated, you know, because I always think about the uh, biblical account of King David at the time. He wasn't David, uh, King David. He was this David, the shepherd, a young, you know, young boy. And you had Goliath, who was this, you know, champion of, uh, of the Hamites, you know, the Philistines and King David, you know, who, you know, became King of Israel, defeated Goliath, you know, that basically a bully, you know, so we defeat the bullies by knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, you know, Bible say that the weapons of our warfare is not carnal. So we're actually winning this spiritual war. And that's why they're reacting the way that they do. We never ever uh, want our people to feel like there's no hope because the Bible say we're prisoners of hope. We know that eventually good will prevail over evil. What's happening is evil is a satanic new world order agenda where they want to merge man with machine. They want to microchip people. They want to put uh, RFID, which stands for radio frequency identifications in human beings. You got Elon Musk that is uh, right now, you know, um, pushing that, you know, the brain chip. So they want to use this equipment, you know, of neurotechnology and these weapons and stuff like that. And these AI, artificial intelligence computers to track human beings. And that's one of the aspects of people that are being targeted. They're able to track uh, human beings with this technology, you know, so, but I'll just leave it at that, you know, you know, if it be the Lord's will, I would like to uh, speak to you again about the uh, technology because they want to use it on all all of uh, humanity, but they uh, aren't able to uh, use this technology on uh, a certain population of people. So that's why they want to put microchips in, in human beings so they can track everybody. So thank you. I want to give all praises, glory, and honor to Yahweh in the name of his only begotten son, Yahweh Shai. Peace and blessings.